The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. What if it were true that we are the fallen angels we read about in the Bible? Could it be this world was created to give fallen angels a path back to heaven? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Today's guest is an associate and friend of mine, an active member of our church and theater company in Maine, and, like many of us, a man with an interesting spiritual story to tell. Dennis Hamrick is an attorney working in Bangor, Maine, on legal support for the indigent. An interest in Jewish studies preceded his exploration of spiritualism, and later convinced him of the messiahship of Jesus. Dennis experienced an interesting revelation accompanied by signs and certain scriptural passages that earth is occupied by fallen angels struggling to earn their way back to heaven, an argument made, in a way, by the famous 3rd century church father, Origen of Alexandria. Dennis is also an accomplished musician, an actor, and an important part of Bangor's Brick Church Theatre Company. Dennis, welcome to NDE Radio. Ah, Thank you. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. Dennis, I wonder if you could start by telling us about your early studies in Judaism. Um, Well, I started off actually uh, um, as a Christian. I was raised in the Episcopal Church. And uh, about halfway through my teens, I began questioning uh, the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. Uh, I... I believed in God, but I had a lot of serious questions as to why, 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 why was God making little people, souls, whatever, um, like on some kind of an assembly line with uh, some kind of uh, quality control at the end. That if uh, if this one doesn't meet the quality, it gets uh, thrown away. If this one meets the quality, it goes on. Hmm. Uh, it just didn't make sense to me that a God would be doing that and then send a, send a guy down and to say, hey, here's some information, this will do it for you, uh, this will get you in. And um, so I began looking more at what God was and what God's, uh, the reasoning for the uh, commandments uh, in the Old Testament, what the purpose was. And uh, eventually I even grew away from that and grew more into the New Age movement. I was into very many things for about 30 years. Did did you ever look at, uh, at that time, did you ever look into Kabbalah, mystical Judaism? Um, I did at one point, um, not probably to the extent of Madonna, but a lot of people told me that that would be an interesting area for me because of my, my questioning, but I, I never dealt very much into it. And what were your experiences in spiritualism? Uh, well, I uh, was a healer in the uh, Harrison D. Barrett um spiritualist church, uh, which uh, is here in Bangor now, that used to be down in Etna, Maine, mm-hmm. and um, uh, during that time I attended classes where we would uh, meditate and try to communicate with those who had passed beyond and pass that information on to others in the group or others in the church. And and what sort of experiences did you have? Um, I've had a number of experiences with it. Uh, I've only had a few that I could definitely say were, to me, unquestionable. I mean, the information would come and I would pass it on, and it may or may not have been significant to the person I passed it on. But uh, 
at least one time, um, I not only was able to accurately describe the person, but I actually received a name for the person, a full name, not an initial, or and the name matched the person that I was describing um, to the person that I was describing it to. Mm. And so did you did validated. did you ever uh, see uh, a spirit? Well, at that time, that's what I was seeing. I was, I was looking at this person sitting in the chair, and when I was looking, somebody else was sitting there, and I described the person that I saw sitting where they were. It was kind of like an overlay. Um, I mean, not like that that person was gone and this person was there. Was The other person was still in the chair, but when I looked, they looked like somebody else. Hmm. And um, what, uh, since you had such, I guess you'd call it convincing evidence that something was going on there, what drew you back into Christianity? Um, well, after 30 years in the New Age movement, I found that I was still looking. And um, I wasn't, I was finding lots of things, I was experiencing lots of things, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't reaching a, 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 any kind of point of satisfaction. And uh, I, something just told me to go back and um, take another look at the Bible. So I did. Uh-huh. So then when I read the Bible this time, I found that a lot of the things that I had actually argued against the Bible in the past made sense to me. Um, I still always had that question about, you know, what is the purpose of this? Why why are we making these things? Either throw them away or reward them at the end. And um, uh, that kind of led to where the subject that we're heading for today. Um, at one point I began delving very strongly. I spent about a month studying just the book of Revelation. And that was where... Uh, um, that's right. I had had something that uh, was totally. I, I could not question it. I can't prove it to anybody else, but it's it's absolutely proven to me, and I can explain um, uh, what happened there. Okay. Uh, probably the best thing, though, the best way to introduce it is probably the way I was told to introduce it, which was with the uh, a parable that I received, and then going back and filling in the blanks of how that parable mm-hmm. came about might be a better way to go about it. Okay. Okay, um, so the, uh, this was in August of 2009, I believe. Um, I was sitting in, uh, I just finished, uh, reading, uh, chapter 19. Well, I was reading chapter 19 of Revelation, and I had just finished reading, um, 19, Revelation 1910. And suddenly all of the room had, like, a haze over it, and I was looking, like recall, recalling a memory, that kind of uh, picturing in your mind. And it was as if picturing a piece of paper. And uh, some things happened with that. And uh, But the next day I was uh, I received this um, explanation of it. And uh, the parable begins, An extremely wealthy man who owned a great business empire which extended throughout the world had 12 sons who would one day share in their father's vast empire. The firstborn believed that he should inherit the greater part of his father's empire and resented that he should one day have to share with his brothers and devised a scheme to remove his father as head of the empire and take over himself. He began to create dissension among his brothers and convinced three of his brothers that they should join him and together they schemed to remove their father as head of the empire and force their brothers to work for them. The father learned of their plans and before they could carry them out, 
the father had the four sons forced from his properties and forbidden to return. The exiled brothers tried to set up their own business, but found that working with their older brother was not rewarding to anyone but him. The three younger brothers secretly contacted their father, asking that they be allowed to return and become part of their father's empire once again. The father was distressed, and he questioned his son's motives to return, for they gave him no reason to believe that their character was such now that they had truly repented and would not try again to take control of the father's empire. He loved all of his sons and thus devised a test to determine his son's true motives. The father proposed, and the sons agreed, that the sons would work for the father and the other brothers as laborers on an island resort he owned, without the father revealing his true plan, that if the sons proved their loyalty to the father in an environment in which the father had established several simple rules by which to abide to ensure the safety of all involved, the father informed the oldest son of his plan. The oldest son agreed willingly to not inform his brothers of the father's plan in exchange for the opportunity to indirectly create rebellion in his brothers uh, to their father, for he knew that if at the end of a time known only to the father, the father rejected any of the brothers, they would then be forced to return to him permanently. Okay, so... This cast of characters, as I, as I take it, is um, the father is God. The oldest son is Satan. Is that right? Uh, yes. Um, and, the, and, the, and, the sons are angels. Right. And the oldest son is the is the is one that is holding out right to the end uh, against that was, God. That is my understanding. Okay. Well, actually, why don't you why don't you uh, explain explain the story? The day before um, this happened, I, um, well, as I said, I had just finished reading uh, Revelation 19.10. Uh, and um, that verse, along with 19.9, uh, uh, just to refresh it, says, And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And then 19.10 says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And it was so at that moment... I'm sorry? No, I was going to say, so that is an angel telling John that they're one and the same, that they're brothers. Well, I didn't, I didn't think that when I started reading it. Um, but after, uh, well, at that moment, as soon as I finished reading it, as I said, like things got kind of gray, and it yes. was like I wasn't really focused on anything in the room. But what I was picturing was similar to a piece of paper just laying there, nothing else but a piece of paper floating in blackness. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm sure this is just an image, but it explained things uh, later. The... Um, the piece of paper had was full of colors flowing through it, mixed like millions, billions, little bits of color, just floating like a TV screen when it has the snow on it. Yes. It was kind of similar to that type of an effect. And I was aware that all of this movement was um, things moving, uh, beings moving. And suddenly they began to shift and it divided into, um, began flowing to the left or flowing to the right. And at the end of the flowing, um, it had created a situation where, like if the paper had been letter folded, there were two-thirds 
of the paper uh, was on one side and one-third was on the other side. And at that moment, with the ends remaining attached, the one-third began to separate from the two-thirds, forming a circle uh, in between or just pulling apart, stretching out. And and the inside of that was black, but the interesting thing was when it separated, the one-third went black. What that was, it was separating from God. Without God, there was no light. And um, the uh, beings that had gone to that one-third began to question, what are we doing here? This isn't what we expected. Um, We don't want to be like this. We want to go back. And so that was communicated somehow across the abyss. And suddenly inside, right in the very center of this, was an explosion. And the universe was formed. It was the Big Bang happening right there. This is not saying the Big Bang never happened. It's kind of said, all right, here's why it happened. And as that exploded, um, uh, it went out, and I was aware that this was the opportunity we're not here trying to prove to God that, hey, you made us and we're good enough to do this and you can put us in hell and you can punish us and make all these bad things happen to us. This is what we have to go through to get back there. We already made the decision to go to hell. We're already on our way there. This is our opportunity not to go to hell. This is our opportunity to go back to God. So if we don't make it, it isn't because he made us so we couldn't make it. It's because we chose not to make it. And all of a sudden, there it was. (laughs) It's an interesting uh, alternative explanation for original sin. Yes. Yes, it is, exactly. And uh, um, there was one other thing. At the end of this, uh, a voice said to me, tell them. And I'm kind of freaked out because I'm thinking I don't want to be, (laughs) I don't want to be the one telling people this. I think I'm nuts. And um, who knows? <laughs> but uh, so I'm, 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 this was on my mind heavily. And uh, later on, I was uh, in the bathroom, and I was standing in front of the bathroom mirror, and I looked at the mirror, and there was a fly flying around, and uh, just uh, looking for some kind of sign. I said, "All right, God, if you want me to tell people this, make that fly land on my hand, and let me walk, open the door, walk out of the bathroom, go down the stairs." out the front door, and when I get onto the front porch, make the fly fly away. And I won't do anything. I won't shake my hand. I won't do anything different. I'll just be normal. Nothing happened. I'm thinking, oh, good. (laughs) And um, so I I just went on. But, I mean, it was very, I couldn't stop thinking about this. And the next day I was standing in exactly the same spot in the bathroom. And that's when the parable came to me. And then as soon as that was done, I, I like, you know, held up my hand. I went, God, you want, you want me to tell people this? And, and out of nowhere, the fly came up and landed on my hand. I didn't even know it was still there. But then right next to it, a fruit fly came up and landed. And then I'm having like chills running up and down my spine. I'm thinking, oh, all right, this is weird. I went out, just like I said, walked down the stairs, opened the front door, stepped onto the porch. The second I, my foot touched the porch... Both of them took off. So I went upstairs and I uh, wrote down the parable. And uh, pretty much I've told a few people about it here and there, and they all gave me different explanations of, uh, oh, well, you know, then. 
this uh, may be something just for you. It may not be something for the world. Uh, but it's been on my mind now for all these years. And I, I've, I've brought it up at the church several times and explained it to people. And some people got mad at me, swearing, no, I'm not a fallen angel, and very resented it. And so I don't know that we all are fallen angels. Some of us may be here to purposely try to keep people from passing through successfully. Some of us may be here to help them. Um, but I have at this point, and it's exactly the problems of Satan. It all has to do with we thought we were better than God, or we thought we could be God, and then I realized that's what I was doing in the New Age movement. I, was, I had bought into that. Mm. And so um, it, it just completely changed the way that I looked at things. And uh, as well, I began the Bible dipping in, I, I began finding all these verses um, where there's a talking about measurements in the Bible, and it says, for that is the measurement of an angel. I think it's explaining what a cubit is, and then the measurement of a man. And there's a part where Jesus talks about how um, you are you are of your father, who was a liar from the start, and um, I am of my father. And just so many references where he where there are in the Bible where there are clues that we are the angels, or we are angels, or we are of Satan. When I'm in the uh, the hospital and someone has has died, family members often will tell me that, uh, well, my dad is an angel now, <laughs> and and when uh, when they say that, you know, uh, that's not traditional Christian thinking. But I always think of you because uh, not only is your dad an angel now, but uh, your dad was an angel as well uh, when he was on Earth. Well, here's an interesting um, phrase to ponder in this. Um, there's in First uh, uh, Corinthians six three. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Why would we be judging angels? Are there angels up in heaven sinning? Mm. That they would need us to come and judge them? Or are we judging as we add those who come through here on what is called the final judgment day, which I, um, I mean, this, this didn't give me things. It didn't say, oh yes, Jesus is the Messiah. It didn't say, oh yes, the Bible is true. But it, uh, pretty much just explained how it worked and what it was all about. Given the state of the world, do you think any of us angels are making it back into the light? Oh, I would say I would say so, but uh, I think the Bible warns us in itself that the you know there's a wide path and there's a narrow path, and uh, many uh, could well be on the uh, wide path, which does not lead where they want to go. Right now, the Bible indicates that there. Are were a limited number of angels at the creation. And uh, so what is your take on reincarnation? Are we angels going through many lifetimes to uh, to earn our way back to heaven? I, I That was not part of the indication. In, uh, reincarnation is something that I had, uh, had looked into very much. But um, I also see it as a possibility that it could be um, whoever these forces are that are trying to keep us from getting there, distracting us from our true intent. 
Um, and perhaps it's what you do with it. I mean, if you just believe in reincarnation or don't believe in reincarnation, that may or may not be something. If you see it as an attempt to reach a certain goal in life and you're following that goal, that may fall perfectly into place. As I said, it would there, be. there wasn't an indication that, um, I mean, I didn't see Jesus standing there directing things. or I, It was just an awareness and a memory of, uh, of this creation happening. So, if it if new souls being born into the world, new babies being born into the world are angels, are and th- and there were no reincarnation, then they would be getting their shot for the first time. Or they may be uh, playing a role that um, it is not that their death is has to do with this passage, but they may have been uh, a force that came into the world to help. Others learn a lesson. For example, uh, who sinned when Jesus uh, uh, cured the blind man? Who? What caused him to be blind? His parents or him? Or and I even ask, was it him before he was born, or was it his parents? And he said it wasn't anything. It was so that it was he could be used for the glory of God. Right, and that that has been taken as a reference to reincarnation. Was this? In fact, that's what Scientology is based on. The, Problems in this life, they say, are uh, the accumulated karma from past lives, and that's what they claim to be able to make clear. Um, but that's uh, that is true, and and then Jesus, of course, just said, "Well, he was blind, so that I, the Father could be glorified in this story." And since that story has lived on for two thousand years, I guess that he was right about that. Yep, so far so good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I looked up what Origen had to say about angels because I had always heard that he felt that we were uh, fallen angels, and what he he was talking about um, uh, beings called logica, which are um, that were created and which um, uh, were originally created in close proximity to God with the intention that they should explore the divine mysteries in a state of endless contemplation. But they grew weary of this intense contemplation and lapsed, falling away from God into an existence on their own terms. And um, so it was, t- it was also a misuse of uh, God's gift of free will, I guess. Uh, and it does sound like uh, the story of the angels, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, it is something to ponder, but, um, now when I, I look at things and I think, why, why do people act like this? Why do people treat each other like this? And I put it into this context. It just seems to fall into place so easily and gives me an understanding of, uh, um, of atheists. I mean, these are famous atheistic questions. If God's so good, then why does he, uh, cause so much evil? Or let's say so many bad things happen to good people. And it's, well, maybe he's not letting it happen. Maybe it's just happening, and they knew it was going to happen when they were decided to come here. Or there was a possibility it could happen. Hmm. And that was what they chose to do in order to prove their loyalty to God. And then when they get here, maybe the whatever it was that got them drawn out of heaven is so overpowering to them that they just can't overcome it, even though they're being told, Hey, don't do this. <clears throat> the uh, 
state of things seems to be in decline. Do you see, do you see the prophecies, uh, in the Bible and Revelation about an end times, uh, fitting into this notion of fallen angels? Um, well, yes, in that one of the, um, well, one time, and you can, as I say, any of this you can put onto it what you want or, or just say it's, it's bull. But, um, one of, I, when I was asking questions, I would open the Bible and would open it to a page, to a possible answer to the question. And one time when I said, why isn't this in the Bible? Um, I was led to, um, the verse of the, about the seven winds, or, and, uh, he was about to, or seven thunders, I'm sorry. And he was about to write it down, and he said, uh, no, don't write that down. Seal it up, and there's a point. And at the end of that, this is, that was a Revelation 10.4. And then there's several verses. Uh, there's about the book, take it, eat it up. In my belly is bitter. Or it'll be sweet when you eat it, but in your belly it was bitter. And then the next verse says, and he said to me, thou must prophesy again before many people and nations and tongues and kings. So somewhere he was telling John in there that he's going to have to prophesy again. And um, when I said, well, why now? Why why is this, why would this be coming now? And I opened it to the first and it said, uh, the end is near. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I would see these things and I would just kind of shudder a little bit and uh, uh, close the Bible <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, come back the next day and maybe do the same thing again. But uh, one of the answers had to do with uh, uh, John chapter 8.20 going on. And that's where he talks about... Um, you do the deeds of your father. We're not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And um, why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. You have your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth, because there is not truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And, um, I mean, it goes on from there, but uh, basically, it, it sounded like he was telling them, the reason you, you can't hear me or you can't follow me is, you're not letting go of your father, the devil. Now, in your um, in your parable that you, that you received, uh, there's this agreement between God and Satan. Um, it's sort of a working arrangement. Uh, does this imply that in the end, uh, even Satan would, would be pardoned? I, I, I did not get the impression that the older brother had any desire to be. Um, and it, it's not in the Bible, but in, uh, it's better to uh, rule in hell than to serve in heaven, uh, uh, comes to mind. Um, and, and that seemed to be Satan's uh, M.O., so I Origin. don't know that, but I imagine the opportunity is there if he would choose to take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the play we're doing about Judas, it's Judas's own uh, anger and uh, sense of failure and self-contempt that keeps him from being pardoned by God, who loves him. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be. Mm, he doesn't want to be. Uh, Origin's take on Jesus was that Jesus was uh, created with the angels. And was the only one who did not fall. <laughs> what do you see? 
Jesus as an angel, or do you see Jesus as a third part of God? Um, well, I, I saw it, I guess, as a part of God because I didn't see, um, I didn't see it as separate in the vision, and I didn't, it didn't come across in the story as anything separate. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see this as any kind of proof uh, or not proof of uh, of Jesus. This was just a, a demonstration to me. It may have been just to answer the question of that I'd always asked: Why, why, yeah. why, why, why would you make people just to knowing that you're going and that you're not just going to get rid of them at the end, but you're going to punish them for eternity? Right. Um, and that kind of gave me the idea that they couldn't be destroyed, or that maybe they couldn't be created uh, beyond where they had been once they had been created. And so this was a total math, and it's trying to make the total work either within the realm of God or within a realm of God and a realm of no God. Your choice. Well, since you got the message that um, this was something you should tell people about, um, do you, would you like to uh, receive some emails or communications from folks that have listened to the show and would like to discuss it with you further? Oh, yes, I would, yes. Uh, okay, how, how can they get in touch with you? Um, well, I am I am on Facebook, but my I have an email address that uh, was an older one that I had made up, but I don't use it very much anymore. And to tell you how long ago I made it up, it was in the nineties. But it's a um, magic man. It's M A J I Q U E M A N at AOL dot com. Okay, so they could email you there or find you on Facebook and. Uh, just under uh, Dennis Hamrick? Yes. Okay. And, I mean, uh, um, I would probably prefer the email, but I mean, if you want to begin or a uh, contact with me, uh, it could be through Facebook. That, uh, that's well, thanks, yeah. Dennis. I'm afraid we're out of time. Okay. But my thanks to Dennis Hamrick for today's edition of IANS NDE Radio. For more information about IANS, our services, and news about near-death experience, Please go to our website at iands.org and join us next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. Thanks for listening.